Well, good afternoon. Thanks once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. As usual, a bit later in our program, we'll have a look at uh, some of those Harvard Business Reviews uh, and tips that might help grow our business. We're also having a chat with uh, Christina Sikiotis or our Minute on Innovation. She's uh, at a conference at the moment, so she's going to share some of the uh, interesting things that she's hearing at the conference. And unfortunately, Tony Vidray couldn't join us today because uh, he was actually moving offices. So uh, things were a little bit hectic in his world. So fortunately, Kylie Smiley has jumped back in to have a chat about SMS marketing. Good afternoon, Kylie. Good afternoon, Julian. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, thank you for joining us at the last minute. And uh, uh, My pleasure. apology for the uh, le- the record there of take a letter. Uh, that's a bit old old school now, isn't it? When we go into SMS. Um, so, what does SMS marketing mean? Look, it, it simply means um, SMS stands for short message service. Right. So, with permission, business owners have the ability to send a short message, um, a marketing message, directly to a person's mobile device. I like that comment you made with permission um, because one of the things that really infuriates me is I keep receiving SMSs from businesses which are totally irrelevant to me. Um, I'm certainly not their target market. Right, and that's that's the shame of it. And uh, there is a bit of a stigma with SMS marketing in some cases and big brands are doing the wrong thing, I've noticed as well, not just small businesses. So when it's done right, though, it can have a, an incredible um, reaction and and certainly the ma- can be a, a really a main channel of marketing for uh, anyone that wants consistent cash flow. So, so why should I use uh, uh, SMS marketing? Look, it's, uh, I'll just read you off a couple of stats here, but mostly uh, it really gets to your target market instantly when done right, and, of course, with permission. majority of, car- of consumers carry a mobile device either on them or at arm's length 24 hours, seven days a week. Um, and uh, and many in in areas you know that normally are very private. So um, the good thing, uh, another good thing about SMS is that ninety percent on average uh, who receive an SMS open it within the first five minutes, mm. versus say email where the average is around the ten percent. So from there, the redemption rate, so somebody actually buying something or coming into a store to visit, can range, it ranges then between 5 and 35%. So the, the return on investment is massive and it's, ex, it's an extremely affordable channel then, especially if you're getting um, those sort of redemption rates. You know, so you're also your top of mind. So mm. even if you don't have something to offer, you're, you're top of mind or the person can't take you up on the offer. They, they go, oh, okay, that business is right. I haven't seen them in a while. I might go and, you know, go, go there next week. I mm. can't take advantage of it now, but I'll go next week. And it gets more attention than, than most other media because it's interruptive and it's everywhere, wherever the person might be. They've always got their mobile phone with them. So, um, you know, when most people are asked, how they'd like to receive offers and alerts, the latest uh, polls and surveys are saying that they they prefer SMS because they can just glance at it really quickly and decide yes or no, am I going to take action? Is that an age thing, do you think? So is it the younger people that prefer that to an old, the older generation? Look, um, at the moment, yes. Okay. The, the Say Gen Y and uh, a, gen, a little bit of Gen X <laughs> are... Um, are a little bit more responsive to that or okay with that. But quite honestly, all age groups, um, the, even anyone over, you know, the 40-year-old is, is really 
they're becoming busier with grandchildren and all the all their busy lives as well, and and they're starting to uh, to prefer an SMS as well. Sending it out is another thing. <laughs> I was going to say they're learning how to use them. <laughs> exactly, they love receiving it, and you know it's quite funny because because some of the um, the stats are now showing that uh, that the our more mature um, friends are are reacting quicker because they're so excited when it's done right and it's personalised. They really feel like it's it's coming directly from, from the business owner and that business, and they really want them to come and take action. So they they go right, I'll do it, I'm off. <laughs> so, so. so so what sort of things can an SMS marketing be used for then? Look, you can use it to um, grow an active database, and this is what's really important when you're thinking about um, your business as a saleable business in in the future. Your list. And your database is going to be highly valuable if you can show that it's responsive and active. For instance, like a VIP club or a loyalty club, you can create your own and have access to that whenever you like. You can share valuable news, tips, updates. You can use it as a friendly reminder of an appointment. I mean, we're all getting those at the moment as well. We like those because we can't remember everything in our lives at the moment. Uh, It's uh, it's hard enough getting through. So, Or an event, you can uh, use it to entice visitors and customers to make a purchase. You can also reward them for um, sending you a referral. Uh, You can notify customers of an irresistible offer or opportunity to be rewarded. Um, You can also use it to uh, get feedback or do a survey so that you understand your customers a bit better. Mm. Also to promote an opportunity to win a prize or donate to charity. You can register for an event and when an event is going on, you can certainly let let, uh, alert people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the, you know, the opportunity to get visitors and sales is instant. So I pres- presume we use SMS marketing as a, as a part of our total marketing, not just a, in isolation. Exactly. I mean, you know, and when you do use it, it it's amazing what can happen. It, I, I always sort of say, you know, if you use SMS marketing and mobile marketing in your everyday, all the other things that you're doing, advertising, it puts all of those things on steroids. So mm. whether you're doing print media, signage, email, web, on your website, social media, radio, television, even snail mail, if you provide a way for people to either text in or um, you know, provide them with a good enough reason to get on your list by using SMS, then uh, you, you're really being a, getting gold because you're able to contact them wherever they are then with permission. Now, now we started off by, by pointing out that you know, some people don't like receiving these SMSs. Do you, do you think there's a danger that it'll become like tele, telemarketing where people really do not like telemarketing? Um, look, <laughs> it, it really just it just it depends, you know. And the good the thing is that if you know we have the law by our side, they yeah. have to abide by the standing standing okay. laws. So just like email, you know, yeah. you can hit unsubscribe. So you okay. should be able to reply stop at any time. Okay. Okay. All right. So mm. so while as long as people start doing it right, we we should have no problems. Absolutely, we'll love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks for your time, Kylie. Uh, You're welcome. We'll have Thank a chat you with you again me. another time. That'd be lovely. Thank thanks. you. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Kylie Smiley there with SMS marketing, and 
Yeah, I put her on the spot a bit there, but uh, I'm sure she enjoyed it. And uh, it is a very good uh, tool to use for your business if it's appropriate to the target market. And as we pointed out, do it right. You're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM 103.7. It's coming up to 23 minutes past one. Time to join Christina Sikiotis at a conference in Sydney. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself? I'm having a great time at the good... conference, I must say. Yes. So, so we want you to share some of those points. I believe it's Jim Collins that's speaking, who's the author of Good to Great. What were some of the couple of the tips that he's come out with that relate to our innovation that we talk about? Uh, look, how do you how do you get innovation happening within an organisation? Um, and it all boils down to good leadership, as we've discussed many times. Uh, one of the key things that Jim keeps repeating or kept repeating was that you have to have the right people um, sitting on the seats in your bus. So it's not so much what they know or, or what um, is going on or the, the, where the bus is going, but if you have the if you have the best possible people that you can on that bus who share your vision and share your values, um, then it's almost imperative that you succeed. And, of course, success isn't always measured by huge economic gains, but it's measured by sustainability, it's measured by productivity, it's measured by moving forward um, and having having that joint cause. But he kept coming back to having the right people on the right team uh, and the team that works together and supports each other. And when he's talking about the right people, is he talking more about the right attitudes rather than their knowledge? Uh, it's a bit of both. It's the right attitude and the right belief, but it's also about them having the right skills and have, and being passionate about their own skills. So every one of us is unique, as we you know we've also discussed that before. And everybody brings unique gifts to a team. So the whole idea is that if you have enough members on your bus who follow your same vision and all bring their own unique skills, um, then there there is a successful team. And we've mentioned it many times about the layers of knowledge and the layers of ideas and how they all help to promote new ideas. Um, he boiled it down basically to values, will and skills. Somebody in the in the um, at the conference said to him, How do you I've got two people that are of equal skill, how do I decide who to give the job to? And he says, Well think of it in terms of values, will and skills. He said, values are, are non-negotiable. He said, if you, the values are imperative. If you're not on the same page as far as that goes, then there's going to be a, a mismatch um, mm, of mm. working types. He said, will is really important, but it's, it's secondary to values. Um, so if they've got the will to, to push forward the cause and they're sharing in the values, then, then they're two really good traits to have. He would never hire anybody solely on skills because skills are things we can learn and he is a very big advocate of yeah. always moving forward, always learning. Uh, he said he said something around the lines of, I want to be learning more at 88 than I am learning now mm. or more, and more than I learned when I was, you know, 18 years old. So that whole match of values, will and skills is really important in sustaining a culture that can lead to innovation because if you have a mismatch in any of those areas, you're hardly in a position result. where you're going to innovate. That's right. Yeah, absolutely correct. What, what, he's got a mantra of keep starting over. Has he been using that at all? Yeah, he has. Um, and the the thing is that nothing should knock you down because every failure should actually be seen as an opportunity and an opportunity for growth. So every inadequacy you have, every failure you have, it isn't, it, it's sort of a shift in the mentality and in the belief of how we see failure and inadequacy. And you go, oh, look, I failed at something. Oh, look, I'm not really good at that. What a great opportunity for growth. So instead of going, oh, my God, I'm inadequate or, you know, I, I failed. How am I going to get up tomorrow morning? You go, you can't wait to get up because you can't wait to learn 
from those feelings. Yeah. Has he mentioned learning at all? I mean, learning is uh, obviously oh, the people that keep learning, no matter, as you just said, whether you're, you're 8 or 80, you should yep. still keep learning. Throughout the whole thing, never stop learning, never stop asking questions. In fact, he, he had the audience laughing when he said, um, on my deathbed, the last thing I want to say when I've got 30 seconds to leave, he said, I actually want to ask a question. He <laughs> said, as long as I can ask a question at that point of time, I'm a happy man. Um, the other thing that I thought made made a lot of sense, because there was a lot of talk about values and also how we're in such a time of, of change, um, and innovation is all about useful change. So he says the, the whole thing would be, it's like a glass of Merlot compared to a glass of coffee or combined with a glass of coffee. He said the Merlot preserves the culture and the cup of coffee stimulates the growth. Mm. So if you have a really good match between preserving your culture and your values um, and stimulating growth and change, there's a recipe for success. Well, we'll let you get back to your conference and uh, maybe you'll have some more gems to share with us next week. I will. Thank you very much, Julian. Have Thank a great week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina Sikiatis there with uh, her minute on innovation, but uh, listening to one of the uh, gurus at the moment, uh, Good to Great is his book if you want to follow that up. Let's have a look at a couple of our Harvard business tips. Um, the first one is set clear goals when you ask employees to innovate. Sometimes le leaders fail to establish guidelines for innovation because they believe that creativity is all about giving people freedom. But if you don't specify what kind of ideas the business will actually uh, invite, invest in, you end up with a lot of ideas to reject. For better results and fewer disgruntled employees, ideas are most likely to receive management support. Explain the types of outcome people should aim, giving people an indication of what is good enough idea, etc. E.g. a target year one revenue number or a required minimum percentage for improvements. Don't forget to go over any limitations and no-go areas and provide time frame for creating, for creating results. So as we've discussed before in our innovation segment, you don't just let people have free reign. Give some ideas, some, some sort of direction for what you want them to innovate. And then, of course, we could end up with a difficult meeting. And this one here says, help people raise difficult issues at your next meeting. You won't accomplish much in your meeting if there, is, if there is an elephant in the room. The team might just stare at their notebooks and refuse to make eye to contact, or people will start to speak and then censor themselves. For example, firing a bad vendor might solve your problem, but if it would create more work or hurt someone's feelings, people might not bring it up. You have to raise the issue yourself to get the group unstuck. Then ask people to explain in detail the nature of the problem, issue or opportunity. Find out how long it has existed, who's involved and what the consequences are. Thank people who bring up the controversial or difficult viewpoints and let everyone know how important it is to raise all options, concerns and issues, even if they are difficult. Once people know you won't kill the messenger, they'll feel safer tackling the thorny subjects. So a couple of interesting points there. Well, thank you for being with us for the last half hour. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at uh, the value of SMS marketing for your business and uh, the do's and don'ts. We've also looked at uh, a couple of points there from the Minute of Innovation. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we'll be talking with uh, online security with Steve Markey. 
and we will be having some more information or innovation from Christina Sikiatis. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week and as C.S. Lewis once said, you never, you are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. <laughs>